Hello, welcome to another episode of the Men's Wear Style Podcast. I'm your host, Pete Brooker. How are you doing? Another episode, another jam-packed episode. I'm going to be speaking to Alexandra Wood, MD slash founder of Alexandra Wood Bespoke Tailoring. Alexandra's had a long, illustrious career. She started in Savile Row as one of the first female-owned tailoring businesses. She then went on to reopen the longest-standing tailors that's over 400 years old in the UK with a new modernised version of men's tailoring. I can't wait to get into this interview. But before we do, make sure you're checking out menswearstyle.co.uk. That's where we put up all the articles, new daily content, free content, and plus all the show notes to this episode and the links that you'll find if you want to get in touch with the show, maybe you want to be a guest, tell us about your brand and your journey, then it's info at menswearstyle.co.uk. Okay, let's get into that interview. Here's Alexandra Wood, MD and founder of Alexandra Wood Bespoke Tailoring. Alexandra, how best can I introduce you? So, I mean... This is a conflicting answer because, um, you know, it's not like the Guinness Book of Records where you stake a claim on an official title, but mm. um, classed as one of the first female tailors on Savile Row. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd like to say more one of the first um, female business owners on Savile Row. Um, you know, I'm a, yes, I have learned how to cut. Um, I've done it traditionally and done imperial tailoring but overall I class myself as more of a designer um it's kind of it's an all-around approach really tailor stylist stylist um and designer so it's a multi-varied title really forgive me I don't actually know too much about the origins and I'm sure you've you've told this a few times before but where did you actually start on Savile Row um so I didn't do a you know apprenticeship on Savile Row I literally I worked for a few other tailors in the city Mm -hmm. and then I set up my business when I was 26 on maternity leave and um, I started originally actually going to see clients in their offices and their homes so I was classed as a visiting tailor and then I started seeing people from um, our Savile Row showroom so um, that was probably in about 2007, 2008. So this, um, this was your own shop on Savile Row? No, so it's a shared space. So I just see clients there. Okay, okay. And, and then I have my store in Bishop Stortford. Right, I see. And and where did you learn how to cut? I went to the London College of Fashion. Ah, okay. Um, I start, so I, I really enjoy learning everything about um, what I'm doing. So... I actually started Camberwell um, College and I did textiles and um, I used to do fashion drawing, etc. Apart from I was told that my fashion sketches were terrible. (laughs) (laughs) And I thought, I'm never going to make it in fashion. This is a disaster, Um, you know, because there's so much pressure on. Uh, I was probably always classed as the, um, well, I think I was just quiet about it, you know, in our class in, in fashion they were quite sort of out there, whereas I was always a little bit more quiet. Um, and then I went to London College of Fashion, did professional pattern cutting. Mm. 
um, studied dark manipulation and that's where I learned sort of the core basics um, and it's interesting because I you know with Ralph Lauren he always says that he kind of puts things together and has an eye for it what colours will go together and that's, that's kind of how I see what I do rather than any specific one thing. Yeah so it's interesting because I've always been quite fascinated with the relationship between cutters and designers, um, mm. I was speaking to Henry Rose uh, yeah. a week or so ago, and he is primarily a cutter. And he even said, "Look, yeah, I don't really have an eye for design. Mm. You know, those sort of people in the past, maybe like the Tommy Nutters of the world, would have the eye for the design, but couldn't cut. And similarly, yeah. Edward Sexton would be a fantastic cutter, but you know, he didn't have the kind of flair and flamboyance in the eye that a Tommy Nutter would. Mm. So, would you say that you have?" Um, both elements of design and you also have the kind of the, the skills and the craft to execute those designs yes however I don't cut anything anymore I did in the beginning I don't right. think anyone would have their suits very quickly if I continue to <laughs> cut and design and um, sort of grow the business that's quite a tough challenge um, so now definitely more design that's where my passion is um, it's more and it's more than design as well. It's seeing a customer, they walk in and I've already seen the completed outfit. And mm. then I have to go backwards and work with them and get them to, you know, because they're a little bit fearful, thinking, oh, I don't know what I'm going to end up looking like. And will this person understand me? Um, but it, it's a strange feeling that I, it's quite hard to explain when you see someone and you can see how great they can look. And then I get excited. But I have to sort of yeah backtrack and explain the process and be nurturing and uh, understanding of their fears and right. kind of explain what I'm going to do before getting completely overexcited. <laughs> yeah, I found when I was working in a tailor's, I was just a, an assistant, but mm. I did find that when I was um, doing consultations, I would let them you know kind of give me an idea of what they had in their mind and their vision of how a suit could look and sometimes they would be fantastic you know sometimes they'd be right to my kind of weird taste like a gentleman came in and wanted all corduroy like thick whale um yeah. suit and trousers and i could hear the the women the other assistants in the background i, I could hear them groaning because it wasn't really their thing but for me it was right up my street and yeah. then other times, um, you know, people would come in. I'd be like, "Crikey, mate, that's gonna that's gonna look awful." But I can't really, yeah. I can't gild the lily towards what I think is good or what I like. I have to have an appreciation of what people want and you know what makes them happy. So, do you ever mm. do you ever find that with with some of your clients that might come in that you have to make things that just really won't sit well with you? Um, I just won't make it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you know that might sound terrible but actually I think I've um the reason why customers come to me is because they're like look I don't have a clue I don't have time to think about it you know they're not the guy kind of guys who have the time to create a Pinterest board or you know some mm. of them have a natural style but I think you know it's kind of like a case of like attracts like you know uh, they come to me because they know that I will you know enhance and elevate their style and that's the whole purpose um it's very rare someone would say oh i'd like this but i've had a customer come in and say oh i'd like a 1920s pair of trousers and i say actually this other tailor is more for you because you'll be disappointed i'm right. more sort of timeless modern you know splashes of color um but nothing wacky i definitely have a certain you know clientele 
Um, so I like to create for the for them. You know, that's that for me is the point, and uh, I think uh, you know customers get that, and um, that's what's exciting for them about it. Yeah, and and so just going back to when you were learning to actually cut, were you? Learning to be a pattern maker for men primarily, and then you learned how to do women later, or did you learn at the same time? I actually began in women's wear, so um, I didn't know men's wear at all. Um, so I would sketch on the spot women's wear designs. Um, so I was tailoring manager at Shanghai Tang when I was um, 21, mm-hmm. and Women would come in, um, you know, royalties, celebrities. Sometimes I'd just have a piece of cloth that was put in front of me and say, can you make something elaborate for not to be named? (laughs) Uh And uh, I would just have to create something. So it was only women's wear then. But then the husband started coming in saying, oh, I wonder if you could make me something. And I thought, oh, I don't know. uh, (laughs) Good question. (laughs) Yeah, we'll give it a go. And I remember uh, this uh, guy was turning 50 and his wife had uh, had loads of outfits made for this special event. And he wanted me to create something. He was like, Elle McPherson jumping out this gift box and blah. I was like, blimey, I want to come to this party. (laughs) (laughs) um, We made him this sort of uh, Mandarin style outfit. And that's where it began. You know, it's the simplicity of menswear that I quite liked. And I was like, this, I Mm. think I prefer this, actually. And that's how I started going more into menswear. And that is just completely my passion. Some people go, are you going to go into women's wear again? Please do some women's wear. But it's not where my love lies. Right. And so I've heard that women's wear is actually harder to do um, because there's more... (laughs) measurements there's more contours typically than what a man has so did you find it more of a lateral move to get into menswear and to start cutting for men yeah I I think it's far simpler um there are less elements to consider you know yeah you have all the curves men have different kind of curves (laughs) yeah Um, mainly the paunches they want to hide but um that's (laughs) easier (laughs) so yeah and so you then you've opened up your first store in Bishop Stortford. That was twenty sixteen. Yeah, so that's gone fast already. Four years next month. Wow, amazing! And <laughs> so is that where you are based now? Are you living in Bishop Stortford? Is this your neck of the woods? Yeah, I mean, I kind of thought, do you know what? I'd really, um, I'd run the business for a few years, had children, so it was really more of a hobby. A very nice hobby to have. And the last, um, so in 2016, I thought, I think I want to open a shop and, you know, really take this a bit further. Think about my branding, marketing a bit more. Before it was, you know, I didn't give it much thought. Mm. Uh, Just enjoyed seeing my customers and that was that. Um, It's a strange kind of switch when you think, I'm going to make this into a business. Sometimes that's um, quite hard to change from a hobby to a, full-blown yeah I think I'll build this up to eventually sell it um and so I'm in a building which is 400 years old and it's the oldest tailors in Britain oh wow and, yeah that's so amazing well, yeah uh, it was actually an undertakers and tailors in the first place which is a little bit creepy but I'm not spooked <laughs> <laughs> uh, um and so it was background noise going on there um home to uh well they tailored for henry moore for sandringham um you know so lots of top-notch people Mm. 
and it's changed hands sort of since then. And then it closed its door three years prior to me opening it. And um, everyone's like, that's such a shame, you know, such history. And I actually didn't know much of the history. I just thought, that's a nice building. That's where I'll start. And then nice. I was like, oh. And people said, did you know all the history? <laughs> I was like, oh, this is really cool. That is really um, cool. That is amazing. Yeah. And it was interesting. Some people like, it will never work. It hasn't worked before. Blah, blah, blah. You know, and I just thought, you know, I was a bit scared because I put all my own personal money into it. And I thought, what if no one comes? This <laughs> is nuts. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was going to ask how much of it was a gamble um, versus, you know, could you have carried on and not opened up a shop and just seen clients independently through like workshops in Savile Row, etc.? Yeah, I could have done. Um, I think because my view was to go into ready to wear, which I've now done, um, that I needed a home to um, have a testing ground as well um, to see, you know, gosh if people come in here this is like my market research i get to see people come in mm. try things do my products fit my kind of customer and it, that took a lot of testing and cost a lot of money to sample products and sometimes you know sleeves came out crazy long or um and then it's like back to the drawing board kind of understanding what styles people liked um so yeah um it was more to see if my ready to wear designs would take off and that's where I'm kind of pushing the business as well, going to e-commerce. So. Right. Okay. And was that a thing in 2016? Like, was that at the forefront of your mind to set up the e-commerce and the bricks and mortar at the same time? Well, no, uh, mm. because I kind of opened up shop and I thought, God, this is quite a big shop. It's you know, a thousand square feet. And um, we had a launch party and then we opened up and people come in saying, oh, um, I just wanted to get a really nice white shirt or some navy chinos. I was like, oh, well, I haven't really got anything because <laughs> I'm a tailor. <laughs> you got any super dry? <laughs> <laughs> got any gants? And I'm like, oh, no. So uh, I thought, well, I don't want to stock other products. That's not the point of my business. Mm. Um, you know, because actually the prior tailor did do made to measure and did do gants and other labels. So it's quite hard to kind of... Um, change people's minds and say no this this is a new wave and this is what we're doing so you know, you're kind of reinventing something right um so i thought i better start making some things that people can buy um and that's where it started and i thought actually yeah you know i love designing so creating ready to work people can just come in and buy mm -hmm. um so that's really gone well and now i know that everything fits well um we're pushing that further and introducing new products so um, okay yeah fascinating and but you're still doing bespoke yes bespoke yeah. and to measure yeah right okay and how much of your time is divided now like between bespoke and made to measure uh i'd say 60 40 ready to wear 40 percent yeah okay and it's so you kind of now overlooking the business you're saying you're not cutting anymore so people are doing that for you <laughs> yeah um how how do you kind of operate day to day within the business now yeah so um naturally a multitasker um mm. people do question how i've got so much energy but i pretty much do everything but i just <laughs> love it because i'd be like oh god i'd be so bored if i didn't do it so you know i do our marketing um i do our design um you know imagine every element of a business that's what i do really i look after the clients um but i have someone that looks after them as well 
Um, so the customers are the, obviously the most important part of the business. So they have to be looked after. So me having someone looking after their sort of customer journey is really important. Right. Um, keeping people informed of their order throughout the process um, and, you know, looking after them and thereafter as well. So we'll have mm-hmm. some people that say, oh, I just need something for my friend's wedding or going to Ascot and they can you know, feel confident that we'll then send them some samples that would be appropriate. Mm. Um, yeah. So. I've been seeing a lot of the Ascot at home um, photos mm. that people are posting. I think that's quite sweet. Because uh. <laughs> <laughs> Ascot is a huge deal for a lot of people. I mean, it might it might be the one event where they can really go top to tails and, you know, soup to nuts with with their dress. And it's something that they always look forward to every year. Um, yeah, with all of these things. I mean, um I don't know if Goodwood Revival will should might be okay it's September, you know. But so many events, Wimbledon, which is a personal love of mine, mm. I go every year. I'm like, oh man, you don't realise how much you enjoy these things. Yeah, you kind of take them for granted. I think Goodwood Revival is still on, or at least they're yeah. doing a secret cinema down there, so people can drive down and watch movies in their cars. Oh, cool! From yeah, what, from what I've heard. So I'm I'm hoping that will still go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Be good. So you mentioned earlier that uh, you have like a, an eye for the timeless and perhaps more classic. Is that what you would describe your house signature as? Yeah, um, I do think uh, um, my style of clothing has a slight feminine touch because I'm a lady. Um, and it, that's not to say, you know, it's um, all pink and pretty. It's in the secrets to the way it's cut um, that flatter a man's shape. And what are um, those secrets? Please tell. Well, I would have to kill you. <laughs> you know that I've been watching Bond films. <laughs> oh, yeah. I heard your impersonation earlier of Michael Caine. I thought, that's you. Oh, um, no. No, that's terrible. <laughs> that. oh, like, I, do, I do really dodgy impersonations as well, including Villanelle. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> But it's a, a scene design we've developed. And so men do say, wow, how do you make me look slimmer? Blimey, you are a magician. Um, so, yeah, we I don't like short jackets or short trousers. Um, that to me is not timeless. It's not flattering. Anyway, you can show off, um, you know, shape on your waistline is a, is a good start. There are many elements to a suit, which I think are very important. But, um, yeah, so I tend to do timeless design so nice classic fabrics but with a little quirk you know I like splashes of color men uh, I try to encourage to wear more color and that doesn't mean bright vibrant reds and yellows it's a subtlety so instead of a bright orange I would say a burnt orange salmon or sage green you know and I work with the customer's skin tone lifestyle etc so I ask them specific questions about them Mm. Because there's no point me saying, all oh, right, you're a lawyer, let's make you a nice Navy suit. Oh, you're this person, let's make this. You know, it's like, where do you actually go? Who do you spend time with? How do you want to be perceived? Um, and I take all those things into consideration and then give them ideas. And, you know, also from a view of comfort as well. I'm curious to know if there's things that people are currently asking for. I hate to kind of ask you what, oh, what's in fashion, what's the trends right now, but... There, there do seem to be waves, and I'll, I'll going back to James Bond. I'll give you an example. After, 
I think a 2012 uh, Skyfall was released. Uh, a lot of people were asking for midnight blue dinner suits. Uh, you know, yeah. Daniel Craig on the posters, as opposed to the traditional black tuxedo. They would go, well, <laughs> now now we're going to have some midnight blue. And there was a huge kind of upsurge in that trend. Is there anything that you can think of that's got that was a real pivot, and men have started asking for more? Yeah, well, um, cord, as you mentioned earlier. It's- seem to have a little wave you know um but I always say don't follow the trends you know be aware of the trends but don't follow them mm. so um you know it's all very well opening up GQ magazine and saying wow that guy looks really cool in his stripy t-shirt and wacky sports jacket would it look good on you is the question mm. um so I tend to be sort of aware and looking at the trends I mean again if I looked at the men's trends this year and it's satin shirts and wear your boxes as your shorts my kind of customer would be like are you off your rocker <laughs> <laughs> so um that's crazy i yeah just work with what i see and i i'm just aware of moving trends i said like, oh that's nice you know but actually looking back at uh older style um you know john newman and james dean i love that and that's that is timeless they're the iconic staples to look at um but yeah, so you'll have a cord and people say, oh, you know, but I don't want to look like a history teacher. So then yeah. you could modernize it. Um, and then I think, well, OK, let's look at different colors and different approaches to it and go from there, really. God, I love cord. I'll tell you who else loves cord. Our mutual <laughs> friend, David Evans. Yeah, so he was who I was thinking of when I was saying this, actually, because I made him a cord suit. <laughs> I, I just messaged David before, uh, before I got on the phone to you and I said, oh, do you want me to patch you in or have you got any questions for Alexandra? But he, he's uh he's obviously busy. But no, he's he's um he wears your stuff so well and obviously you, you really do you, you put him in some great stuff. I'm just looking at some pictures of him now. Like a, a two button blazer that's kind of I don't know what colour you'd call that, like a, a pink but kind of off pink with a blue yeah, shirt underneath. That's exactly um that's the um burnt orange. So David that's and good. I actually designed a spring like a very mini uh spring collection together two years ago and showcased it at the um Stafford Hotel in St James. So that was lovely. That's right. And yeah I've made uh David um a cord suit. And what I like about I call him Foxy actually. <laughs> ah, oh, I love um, that. I've got to nick that. <laughs> yeah, what I love about Foxy, he's like, you could call me what you like. <laughs> um, yeah, what I like about him is that I made that suit and we worked together. He says, Do you know, I love this suit, but um, I think I'm, I wish I'd gone for something a bit lighter. So I think that would be our other project. I'm like, Oh, well, it's got, it's got to be right. Let's mm. just do it again. Like, I don't. Uh, I don't feel wounded if someone's like, oh, it's not quite right. Sometimes it's not quite right. You start again, you recreate things, um, and that's that's the point. Well, he looks terrific. Congratulations. That looks fantastic. I'm going to put all these up on the show notes so people can see what we're we're talking about, or alternatively, they can just go to your Instagram, Alexandra yeah. Wood Tailoring. Have you got any other plans for any other collaborations? Do you even do you even look for those, or does they do they just happen organically? Yeah, I tend to be like, oh, do you know what? I fancy that. Let's have a conversation, nice and natural. Naturally, I have um, business goals and you know things I want to do. Uh, but I think I'm still early days with my own ready to wear. Yeah, so I, I'd love to do some collaborations, whether that be with shoes, um, you know, uh, other designers. Mm. Um, but I 
still feel like I'm still early days with my ready to wear collection. So we're starting to introduce limited edition collections. Um, so for example, in this autumn, I'm designing a collection of um, rain coats, which are made from Ventil, which is what Spitfire pilots used to wear. So it's really hardy, amazing colors. Um, so those real kind of iconic classics with a twist nice um cooler shirts and because uh, i suddenly thought do you know what people aren't going to be racing back into suits i need to sort of switch about what i'm uh going to design so i thought well they'll all be always be walking in the rain with the dog and you want to look <laughs> good doing that right <laughs> yeah and if you can make something for my dog as well dogs what about the dogs they're oh, going to need yeah. some suits right <laughs> Yeah, a friend of mine um, actually has a business called Taylor Made, and he designs for dogs. Oh, nice! <laughs> oh, that's got to be a booming. Please don't tell my girlfriend that, Crikey. She'll be uh, she'll be snapping them up. Oh, that would be a good collaboration, wouldn't it? <laughs> um, and so knitwear. I'm a lover of knitwear. Um, so, and I do think there's not much in the way of um, sort of some something a bit different color wise texture wise for knitwear mm-hmm. uh, so intro- introducing those kind of just a bit more casual pieces in terms of ready to wear because people already come to me to have ta- um, you know tailored suits made to measure so right. with with the ready to wear it'd be a lot more sort of casual um but yeah open to collaborations all the time and i actually think you know with um this virus that people are going to have to come together and you know um align if you've got similar you know clientele why wouldn't you come together to try and boost each other Um, yeah that could be a really nice thing a way of supporting each other through this and and yeah getting a bit more do you have like an area that you look into for (laughs) designs in terms of like where you can get inspired or you can find inspiration for particular designs because i always think uh with with suits and suiting in particular Mm. there's only a certain amount of movement that you can have in terms of how you can actually design a suit Uh, unlike like with dresses for example you can kind of do really whatever you want with dresses it's you know like the the playing field is just so expanse but you've but with suits you 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 kind of have a cut and you have a certain look so how do you kind of play with that and how do you keep yourself interested with different designs for suits yeah i just love fabric so you know naturally we get sent um new fabric ranges every season and i will literally see a swatch that's you know two inches wide and be like oh my god that'd be amazing suit that'd be so cool put that button with it you know so it really is to do the um fabric and the cut and i do like the peak lapel at the moment Mm. Uh, but i don't like anything too crazy wide or anything like that um and i always say there's one thing to go that's amazing i love that i'd like to see it made and then another to think who's going to wear this is my customer going to like this or are they going to think this is just way out there because that's that's interesting there's something that you would like and then there's also a commercial hat that you need to wear i suppose at the same time thinking well will this actually be a good run will people buy into this or is this just me (laughs) me loving it and me just wanting to wear it for myself yeah and it it does take a little bit of encouraging because uh like that burnt orange sports jacket like um gray fox and i created um 
I had a couple of customers that was a limited edition collection so mm. you had to you know come and try it on and pre-order it and so that was 800 pounds so mm. people were like oh do you think you know um, it's, it's a bit different for me and spend 800 pounds on something I might not wear and I said look come in and try it on and I'll give you my honest advice if it's going to work for you I, and people know that I'll say this no this choose a different color because it doesn't work for you yeah. um you have to be honest otherwise people don't trust you in the long run but um I have to say that the few people that bought that piece they were like oh, I love it I get so many compliments you know so it's such a different piece so I'm really glad I went for it um and I always say you know try and be a little bit brave sometimes mm. uh, and when those first couple of compliments come in that's when you know most men are sold to be honest <laughs> and i think it's also down to the fit and the colors that you've put with this and i really do encourage people to look at it because it's, it's fantastic so you have like this dark navy blue shirt um, mm. coming through with the white buttons and the i guess cream trousers as well it's just uh, it's not like your typical color palette. You probably have like the darker jacket out and with a lighter shirt underneath. Yeah, but this is kind of uh, the inverse or the the subverse, whatever the word is, of that. And it just looks yeah. really good. I, I encourage people to try it out. Well, listen, Alexandra, thanks so much for your time. Um, you're welcome. Thank you. And uh, happy belated birthday! I know oh, you're fortieth you. over the weekend, so Ooh, it's twenty again. Thank that, you. That's what I meant. Damn it! <laughs> I'll have to, go, I'll have to uh, edit that in post. No. It's fine. <laughs> um but best of luck and um yeah and everyone can just the shop's open now so over in bishop's yep. Dorford, but also also the website alexandrawoodbespoke.co.uk all the show notes and links were put over on menswear style so people can check uh, that out thank there. you sir thanks alexandra take care of yourself thank you thank you bye 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 Alexandra Wood there, wow, what a treat that was to speak to her. The website, alexandrawoodbespoke.co.uk, and why don't you treat yourself to some really decent clothes and you know get that wardrobe sorted out once and for all. Our website, menswearstyle.co.uk, that's the place to go. Also, we'll put all the show notes for this episode, as well as other daily content that you'll get for free. And if you're liking what you hear, why don't you leave us a review on iTunes? I get to read them all, and we thank you for that. In the meantime, remember, it's only fashion, people, and you're never fully dressed without a smile. <laughs>